Welcome to Schools In, a new podcast exploring public education in Indiana. I'm your host, Jen Richler. In our first series of episodes, we're asking staff and parents at different Monroe County public schools, what makes your school great? Each episode spotlights a different school in the district. Now, let's get to the show. For today's episode of Schools In, it's my great pleasure to introduce two special guests from Binford Elementary School. Why don't we have you both first just tell us a little bit about yourselves and what is your connection to Binford? My name is Jenny Noble Cuchera, and I have been teaching at Binford as well as at Rogers Elementary Schools for 17 years now. My primary position is that I run the English as a New Language program. This is a program that is spans kindergarten through sixth graders, and I work with students who are here as genuine immigrants. They have come with their families for a new life in the United States. I have a lot of students who were actually born and raised here in Bloomington, Monroe County, um, who are multilingual students being raised in a household just down the road with lots of different languages. And then I have what I call my uh, lovable, amazing, but unfortunately temporary students whose parents are often here getting an MBA, a PhD, or doing research um, and affiliated with Indiana University. So that is my my big job between Rogers and Binford Schools, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm Julie Warren. Um, I have a, uh, a fourth grader at Benford. Um, I also have a seventh grader who uh, has graduated from Benford uh, within the last few months, really, which is crazy. Um, and I'm also a co-president of the PTO for Rogers Benford. Great. And actually, Jenny, you had mentioned that you work at both Rogers and Binford. So just for people who don't know, I drive by a lot, but Rogers and Binford are right next to each other. We used to have these great t-shirts that said, two schools, one spirit. Uh, And back in days of yore, Rogers was the elementary school for the east side of town. It hosted all elementary levels. Binford used to be Binford Junior High School. And for Bloomingtonians, um, there are still people my age and a little bit older who went to Binford when it was a junior high. But as the east side expanded in the late 80s and early 90s, College Mall was built. Rogers became the K-1-2 school. Binford turned into third through sixth grade and eventually Jackson Creek and Tri-North, the old Tri-North Middle School, was built to host all of our kids who um, needed to go to middle school at that point. That was a little nice, um, nice little Bloomington history lesson there. I, I feel like there, I, I've, I've lived here for since '08, so there's certain things I never knew the, the history of of Rogers Binford. So thank you for that. Maybe we'll have Julie take this question first. What do you think, as someone who's has, you know, two children, one who's already gone through and one who's still going through Binford, um, something that makes Binford special or sets it apart in some way? Yeah, um, I actually was asking my kids this too. Like, what do you think was so great, you know, about Benford, um, my seventh grader? And I think there's just a lot of opportunities there. Um, the fact that it's such a large school, I mean, it's really big for an elementary school, especially when you when you consider both of them, Rogers and Benford. Um, but that's just, I mean, that's that kind of brings a lot of different opportunities for like to meet kids from 
like Jenny was saying, from all over the world, really, um, which is really amazing. Um, and, and for me as a parent, I think one of the things that uh, was like is most impressive about the school is the community that is built. I mean, with such a large school, it would be really easy to sort of just get lost and, you know, feel like a little disconnected. Uh, but I feel like the families that, uh, you know, with the students that attend Benford are are all really invested and, and want to participate and want to be involved. And the schools do an amazing job of providing opportunities to do that. So teachers are, you know, pre-COVID usually uh, would say, uh, you know, there's opportunities for volunteers to come in or we're having an event and you're welcome to come and, you know, watch the showcase of, you know, poster sessions that we're doing. And so there's all sorts of different ways for people to get involved and get connected and stay informed as schools and teachers do an amazing job of communicating information uh, to parents and families. So yeah, it's just a really strong community sense. I'll second that um, and add to it that um, you don't even have to be a parent to volunteer to put library books back on the shelves. As long as you are over 18 and have a background check, we will take you. Um, Mm -hmm. But no, really, Julie's right. We have an extremely large school. If you put us together, we would dwarf any um, other elementary schools. We have 900 students between the two schools, two different sets of administrators. Um, office staff, custodians, cafeteria staff, um, para-educators, para-professionals. But it is a sort of small-town feel at the same time. Right. And I, one thing I've noticed when I looked at the district map is be, it's um, it, it covers a lot of area in terms of what parts of Bloomington that, that um, it draws on. So what's neat is that you get kids from all over the world, like you said, but also even all over different parts of Bloomington. So there's like, you know, kids from the neighborhood, but then also kids who live in more rural areas because the district kind of extends out to places you wouldn't necessarily guess based on where the school is. I mean, we have kids who might actually geographically be a little bit closer to Lakeview Elementary School because they're so far south and east down by Lake Monroe. And then, yes, we have students who are able to walk across Second Street from Bart Villa or up Maxwell Lane, depending on um, the neighborhood. Something else that I think makes us unique is the fact that we have larger socioeconomic diversity because Bloomington is not a huge city and MCCSC supports the elementary schools that it does. A lot of them tend to be fairly homogeneous and beyond just diversity of language, religion, ethnicity, all of that. We actually have a bigger span in terms of students. We host students from both Middleway House and The Rise at our schools. We have 22% free reduced lunch. And it's great because one of the tenets of our schools is essentially looking at what we call windows, mirrors, and doors. So kids can see other kids like themselves. They can look through a window and see other kids who maybe aren't exactly like them, who aren't coming from the same background and home culture. And then I hope we do a decent job of opening doors to experience even more other varied things through some of our um, in-house curriculum, as well as Um, opportunities for clubs and field trips and what we would call maybe sort of co-curricular stuff. Right, right. 
Now, Jenny, what would you say is, is something about Binford, like a fun fact, something like a little piece of trivia that people would not know unless they were insiders like you? I've got two things, and I'm sure you'll um, happily edit out the one that, that you don't want your listeners to hear. No, I'm just kidding. So Binford is interesting because it used to be a junior high. And so we have some, and this is this is such a children's novel, right? This is Narnia. This is uh, Harry Potter under the staircase. We actually have these weird little pockets um, within the building that are now just used for storage, all, you know, but the lore behind these spaces is fascinating. So we actually have this enormous storage area in the back of our gym. And it's great because a lot of kids don't notice it at first. Um, we have other kind of closets and fun little spaces behind the stage because, of course, we have an auditorium, which other elementary schools don't, given that we used to be a junior high. So beyond just the people of Binford being a fun and motley crew, um, the building itself is kind of fascinating, especially if you're 7 to 12 years old, because <laughs> what we end up with are... Um, pockets and funny spaces that have been renovated and rebuilt over time. You know, it's funny because uh, I was totally going to jokingly say like, well, Benford is haunted, but, <laughs> but, but it's obviously it's not, but it, it does have all of these cool spaces. Um, yeah. But, but you can tell that like, this isn't a typical elementary school compared to all of the other ones that you might see. I would say another amazing thing about Benford is the fact that we are the only elementary school with students in the age ranges of third through sixth grade. This offers kids an opportunity, I think, to have more um, peer interaction with kids within their same age range. Pre-COVID, we were able to do a lot of matching up with kindergarten buddies. So fifth grade students, for example, would go and have a kindergarten buddy that they would see once a week for 15 or 20 minutes to help them. They would read to them, things like that. So we have opportunities for Binford and Rogers kids to interact. And of course, a lot of families have siblings that get shared. But I think Binford in particular is cool because we don't have, and this sounds terrible, but we don't have the issues that other elementary schools have with our youngest learners. Um, so everyone, by the time they get to Binford, we hope, knows how to tie their shoe. And everyone knows how to wipe their own noses um, and other body parts. So it's just this really cool place where you can be amongst um, a large group and find what I would like to call, you know, sort of your tribe, your people which is a model that a lot of elementary schools, because of their size and because they do have K through six, just don't have the opportunity um, to have. So we have like Girls on the Run is this really cool program for third and fourth grade girls. And we get massive amounts of third and fourth grade girls doing this because we just have such a large population. We have coding club, we have chess club, I mean, on and on and on, right? And I just think it's really neat that if you could, I mean, I think all three of us as adults, I, well, I can't speak for the two of you, but I at least would love to be able to go back in time and just have a whole cohort of 500 kids in my age range 
to hang out with and get to know. Yeah. How about you, Julie? Was there any like fun facts you wanted to add to that? Uh, yeah, you know, so the one of the things that I think is actually really cool about Benford is the sixth graders, um, it's their, their school day is set up very much like a middle school schedule. So they have, um, you know, they have their homeroom and then they have a teacher, they go to a class for science and for social studies and all of the other subjects. So they move around and they have lockers. So there's sort of this like, really lovely transition where you kind of get to experience that, but you're in your comfort zone. You're still at your own, you know, elementary school, you know, the people, you know, the the building before you then transition to seventh grade and have to adjust to that sort of knowing what, what your schedule is and what class you're supposed to go to. And how do I even do a combination lock and all of that sort of thing? Not to brag, but I will say all the Tri-North and Jackson Creek teachers say the Binford kids are Socially, emotionally, academically, pretty prepared because we do have that departmental, departmentalized model. Yeah. Yeah, I have a child who started middle school this year, and I can definitely see how having that year to kind of get acclimated to the, the, you know, the different schedule, like you're talking about of switching classes, different teachers and, and different kind of schedule would, would be really nice. Um, But like you said, still in your in your home, on your home court. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's really neat. Definitely something I did not know. All right, let's shift to talking about a little bit about the future. So I know we're sort of just as we record still in the beginning of the school year. And like, I think probably hopefully getting everyone's getting their footing and, and starting to get into the groove of the, of this school year. But as a teacher, Jenny, and as a PT, as PTO president, Julie, I'm sure you're always thinking about, you know, what's next and what programs and ideas you have for, for the future. So maybe Julie, could you just say a little something, whatever you're able to share at this time? I know sometimes things are still, in that top secret stage, but right. Or, you know, just kind of preliminary, but any, anything you, or anything you would like to see happen for the school in the, in the months and even years to come. Yeah, certainly. You know, our PTO is really, I mean, it's a large school, so there's a lot of families and parents who get involved. um, And that is amazing. We've been able to pull off some really huge projects at our school since Um, at least in the time that I've been here. Uh, So for instance, like we raised money to put in a track around the field um, out on the playground. And we raised money a couple of years ago to put in some new playground equipment, um, which was a major, you know, effort. (laughs) And, um, you know, very, very costly to do that. But we, you know, we did schedule that out for a couple of years. So it's actually really appropriate to talk about, well, what are we doing in the next couple of years? Uh, because some of these projects take time to fundraise and plan and and you know get everybody on board and get some um, everyone on the same page as well to sort of um, collaborate. So one of the things that we've been talking about um, this year that j- just sort of came up at our last PTO meeting was the idea of maybe having some more outdoor spaces. Obviously, with COVID, being outdoors as much as possible is a huge benefit and something that everyone wants. Um, But, you know, you have to have some spaces to do that for different types of activities. And we have currently a sort of small shelter area that's out towards the playground. But we've been talking about, well, maybe could we uh, put together some sort of larger pavilion type space that both Rogers and Benford could use that would have. (laughs) Jenny is like silently cheering. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and you know, and be able to use it for uh, outdoor classroom time um, or you know any other kind of activities that that might come up. So that's one of the things that we've been talking about. It hasn't. Uh, it's definitely in the preliminary stages of discussion and have to get. Uh, obviously, there's all kinds of levels of improvement and involvement that have to happen, but um, but that's one of the things that we've been talking about. Very cool. Jenny? Yes, yes, and yes. Um, so thank you so much, Julie. We have done a decent job with all the COVID adjustments. Last year, of course, was a little hairy. About 70% of our kids were in-person any at any point in the school year, sort of 20 to 35% were online. So there was a lot of adjusting. And one way to kind of cope with that is to say, okay, we threw a lot of things at the wall, what actually stuck, like what worked. And to their credit, Chris Wilkins and Courtney Ladyman, our principal and assistant principal, really, really, really wanted our focus to be on the social, emotional well-being of our students, first and foremost. It's easy to lose sight of that in a sort of regular school year, but last year it was critical. We had uh, multi-generational families where kids were worrying about their grandparents every day. We had students, I mean, this was across Monroe County, but also Binford, that really had limited access to broadband, internet, Wi-Fi. Um, we provided devices, but um, parents didn't have training for the devices. So a lot of what we went through last year, and I know you want me to look towards the future, but the point is that last year was a learning curve for everybody. And I think one of the things we learned, which we have continued on into this school year is what really matters. Of course, knowing how to put two words together and make a compound word. Of course, building vocabulary and increasing reading comprehension. Of course, multiplication strategies and preparing kids uh, to enter middle school with good math skills. That's all critical. But what at the end of the day we want to see into the future is a continuation, honestly, of working towards making sure that the whole child that we see every day, whether it's, you know, 10 of them or 100 of them or all 500, whoever you see every day is getting what they need in terms of emotional well-being um, and just taking time, you know, carving out spaces geographically and physically and emotionally to make sure that kids have access to what they need so that when when pandemics do hit, they have tools in their toolbox, as we say, to cope with hard situations. And part of that is just childhood. It's just growing up and developing those skills. But a lot of what we've realized is the intentionality of teachers making sure that kids have those tools is really what counts at the end of the day. So as far as our future goes, um, holding on to um, those skills that we've developed and we've helped the kids develop, I think is going to benefit everyone. I love that. I know schools have really been paying more attention to social emotional learning in the last number of years. And then I think this whole pandemic has driven home why that's so important and not just to sort of check off that box, but to actually give kids those kinds of skills. That's, it's really wonderful. 
Thank you both so much. I've learned about Binford and it's been great to talk to you guys. Thanks for sharing what makes the school special. Oh my gosh, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. You've been listening to Schools In, a production of the Indiana Coalition for Public Education, Monroe County. The podcast is produced by me, Jen Richler, with help from Carrie Mixa and Jenny Robinson. Our music is by Matt Zink and Kevin Reynolds. Our artwork is by Rachel Verone. You can find and subscribe to Schools In anywhere you get podcasts. And if you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. Thanks for listening. <laughs>